Good afternoon, everybody. How is everybody doing, man? We're so so glad to be back on another episode of Down in the Valley, uh, part of the BGN, uh, the Beautiful Game Network, and uh, of course, brought this episode uh, brought to you by Natural Beauty Spa. And uh, there, there goes our, I guess you can say, required uh, stuff to say. So Jacob is back this week. Uh, I know it was last week's episode was kind of last minute, uh, but he is back this week. We're so happy for him to be back on the show, honestly. And uh, I mean, there's a lot, there really is a lot to talk about today because yeah. we've got, obviously we've got uh, last weekend's uh, Toros Fest uh, to talk about uh, where the, the RGBFC played the uh, Houston Dynamo. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, because due to that, there were a couple of news. In vivo, of course. Jorge, thank you for, for tuning in today. Um, and of course, we've got uh, news that came in, I think, a couple of days after that, that, that match regarding some of our players uh, joining the Dynamo First team. We'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Uh, and we've also got, you know, you know, I believe today, if I'm not mistaken... RGVFC was going to be uh, having a match against, I think, UTRGV as well, right? Once again? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, Ray should be uh, there at the, uh, I think they're playing at UTRGV Complex. Um, but he will be live tweeting uh, uh, everything that happens in that match. So be sure to follow uh, Ray on Twitter at SOTX Athletics, athletics with an X at the end, not C, uh, not CS. Uh, so go ahead and, and, and follow him while you're listening to us, so you can get uh, pretty much uh, up live information about what's happening on in, in that uh, in the, in that friendly against uh, UTRGV. So, Jacob, welcome back, man. How's life been treating you? Life has been treating me pretty well, especially in the past 24 hours, so I'm happy about that. And looking forward to talk some soccer. It is also the evening, Edson, just FYI. My, my, my brain has been all over the place this week, thanks to NADA. But that's something that I'm not going to bore you all uh, about. But um, let's get to the means, the meat and potatoes of this. So, last Saturday, RGVFC versus Houston Dynamo, a free and uh, open to the public uh, preseason friendly uh, between both members of the organization. And uh, I guess you could say the at the end, the final score was something that I guess many people expected. 5-0 loss at the end. But... You know, if you look at it through a period-by-period basis, you know, this, the it was kind of remarkable how well RGV FC kind of uh, hung on uh, against an MLS team. Sure, both are in preseason uh, mode, but you also have to remember that the Dynamo began a week earlier a week or two weeks earlier than RGVFC. Because yeah. I know, yeah, because I know some of, you have, we had a couple of Toros practicing with the Dynamo first team, but most of them were, especially the trialists and others, 
did not uh, did not start preseason until a week later, you know. So and then also, you know, most uh, those players, for example, Isidro Martinez, Nico Lemoyne, Andrew Samuels, they suited up with the Houston Dynamo, yeah. not with RGVFC. So it's an in, it, it was it was a pretty it was pretty interesting match to see. Uh, and uh, Jacob, what, what were your thoughts going going into the in, into this match? Thoughts going into this match was, well, what am I going to see? Because of course, you and I both know both knew for sure. Only what was it about? We had three players coming back, and the rest were new, plus a new coaching staff, except for Jerson Echeverry. So it was a lot of just well, a lot of different players out there, different looks. And both from Houston Dynamo's perspective and also RDVFC's, we had Kyle Adams, I believe, playing for both sides too. So that was going to be interesting. And of course, we always know you're going to have the starters out in the first period. So it was really just looking at that first period to comparing a little bit longer to see who and what the sideline or our subs were really going to represent especially when coming into later in that season. So, of course, it's still the beginning, but you want to get something, well, not really some things answered, but just make sure that this team can be ready for March 8th. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, we there's still a long way to go uh, till, till March 8th. Uh, in, in the aspect, not necessarily the time aspect, but as far as the performance aspect of, of this team. And we'll get to that in a little bit. I do want to say hi to everybody that's in the chat right now. Obviously, uh, with Cisco and uh, Jorge, uh, thank you for tuning in right now, guys. Uh, just to let you all know that the phone lines are open. The phone lines are open uh, tonight. So if you guys want to get, if you guys were at the uh, Dynamo versus RGVFC match at HB Park, and you have some thoughts on the the event, the the match. Uh, some of the players, some of some of your observations of this match, you're more than welcome to call in the show, and uh, we'll put you in live uh, live on the uh, on the stream, uh, so you can so you can give us your opinion uh, uh, on this team as it's building up towards the 2020 season. So, um, <laughs> Sly Rooster says, "Howdy, y'all!" Or should I say, "Meowdy"? <laughs> That's a good one, man. So. This in this match, we had obviously we had a couple of trialists starting out for RGBFC. Uh, more notably, the keeper. But you know, based on the formation, to me it seemed like Coach Echeverry is trying to go with Tab Ramos's four four three three formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, you had uh, Luca Purpa, you had. Um, Tyberson out on the left wing, no, on the right wing, and then Kevin Rodriguez on the left wing. But they would inter, they would interchange. I don't know if you noticed, but they, Tyberson and, um, t- uh, excuse me, Tyberson and Kevin would switch sides, you know, frequently throughout throughout the match. I thought that was very very interesting. Um, and then you've had Greg McLaughlin uh, uh, up on top. In the middle, Luca Purpa. You've got uh, Timo Melich. 
in the middle as well, uh, alongside a uh, trialist. Out in the back, you had Coronado, you had Kyle Adams, you had Robert Castellanos, another trialist, and a keeper as a trialist. So this was this looked to be like a BC team um, in in this match. Yeah, well, of course, you just also want to mix things up, make sure that, well, any lineup that can really happen can work well together because at the end of the day, we all know the biggest thing is, well, chemistry. How much can they gel throughout this whole season? And that would definitely help considering that we'll see Kyle Adams a couple of times up in Houston and Kyle Adams for most of it in the RGB. So that will be something interesting to see. And, well, just like he said, the – and going back to like the interchanging, that really helps you. If you have these two players that can play not only on one side, being the right wing, but also switching over to the left wing, that helps with depth. And that is perfect for something to, well, hopefully not only improve, but just get better in the future. So yeah, really just improve in the future. And we can see two, play, two of these players, well, not having any problem having to fill in a gap so okay so just a couple of things first before we go on i do want to invite you that if you guys have not uh subscribed to the channel you guys are new here uh be sure to subscribe to the channel uh be sure to give give this uh give this video a like and share it with uh, all of your rgvfc and dynamo friends so that way more people you know uh list, listen and uh participate in talking about Toros in uh one, not just in the 90 minutes of the home matches but you know during the week as well uh so and so having said this let's go ahead and go on um to me it seemed like this even with not having cello even with not having uh uh connor donovan now that he left for 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 what's uh north carolina fc without andrew samuels uh who was also playing with with the dynamo or nico lemoyne you know i saw a team that yes they didn't generate up in the attack but for the most part they knew they were able to handle the dynamo attack uh, and limit them to one goal per period in the first in the first two. So the first goal was scored by uh, Tomas Martinez, and and then in the second period the goal was scored by Mauro Manotas. And um, one of the things that I do have to say here, and we talked about it many times, Jacob, having to do with mental errors mental mishaps that second goal that was a giveaway by one of the trialists if i'm not mistaken and passed it back try to pass or try to pass it back to castellanos to for that way he could clear it but instead he gave it straight to minor figueroa and Minor Figueroa just crossed it in for Mauro Manotas and his signature uh, slide, uh, slide uh, to just pretty much uh, put the ball in, in on goal. Mm -hmm. And this is where I say that we need to take these 
matches against top opponents as seriously as possible and be able to learn from their mistakes. Because you had this mistake that cost us a goal. You had another mistake, I believe it was in the third period. No, it was there in the second period as well. Where, who was it? I don't recall off the top of my head who it was, but one of the defenders tried to pass the ball up in the air right in front of goal like from one from one side of the field to the other but right in front of goal where there was i believe two dynamo players just waiting to poach and that could have been bad because one of the more elemental things that coaches tell you never put never put the ball in right in front of your goal yeah and and when i and you were i mean you were there uh in the in the press room uh, in the press box when that happened, I was like, really? Like, I, like I was, like, I, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I was fuming over that. It's like, yes, I didn't go for a goal, but it's something so simple that you should know as a, somebody who has played either, you know, in college or, and it pretty much is aspiring to be a professional player. That's something that you'd tell eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds, back when you're uh, pretty much uh, being uh, developed uh, uh, in the youth academy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as we expected, some of those mistakes, we didn't expect a mistake exactly like that, but it is true. It's just like you said, something that you're taught at a young age to not do. And one thing that could have, I don't know, benefited that was just (laughs) passing it out and then sending it out of play or past midfield if you had to. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's just that's also when you get out of college or when you are inside college. And I know that we've talked to coach about this and I've seen it with my own eyes from high school to college level soccer is that's the way that they like to play. They like to play with the long ball and even trying to clear it away is something like that. Of course it was it is a preseason game, but those are mistakes that well, for sure, will be cleaned up before, if I had to guess, before the season begins. So, looking at the chat, um, you have... <laughs> so, Gilbert says, when I talk to him, I'm guessing he's talking about Kyle Adams. He says, so first, Gilbert says, speaking of chemistry, the team in the first 30 minutes look good, quick, good connections, and getting chances. Uh, and then you have Jorge says Salazar is a good USL player, but can't, can't seem to figure it out in MLS. Well, with that being said, let's give let's give Tab Ramos a chance to mold him um, into his style. Let's not forget that Wilmer tried to put Michael Salazar out on the wing in MLS play rather than as a true striker. So let's give him the opportunity to kind of mold under Tab Ramos rather uh, instead of uh, because of last year say that oh he's not going to be good in MLS. This is going to be a different. These are going to be different tactics, a, a different style of play under Tab Ramos compared to Wilmer Cabrera. And let's go ahead and see. Uh, let's see if he fits to that. If by this season he can't seem to figure it out when given opportunities in MLS. Then I guess you can say that he is a an, a, a USL player and not really an MLS uh, player. Uh, and yes, yeah, Sly Rooster says, "Let's hope Tab works uh, works him out." 
Uh, Gilbert says, uh, to be fair, he didn't get very much first team time and he was still without much game time. Plus, he was coming back with an injury. Let's not forget that. And uh, Jorge says, Ronaldo, a make or break season with RGV. Yes, Ronaldo Pena, if I'm not mistaken, was playing with RGV in this yeah. in this uh, preseason match. Mm-hmm. How surprising was that for you? Not really surprising considering how he played last year at the close to the end of the se- season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it so much last year with with him. It's he's a player that can be very inconsistent, has a bit of an attitude towards him as well. Let's not forget that. And just sometimes also has a hot head. So it, it's just one of those players that, yeah, when we had seen back down here, especially since he was playing for the Torres, I felt like his life was over. And that's kind of how, the way that he played, in my opinion. Now, of course, hopefully he gets back to his old form and goes back to Houston Dynamo and still can save his career basically but it is a huge make or break season for him playing for RGVFC let's see if he will actually take it more serious just like he did in MLS it's it's that mentality thing that we kind of have always gone back to we had it with um, Carl Small last year and we've had it with a couple of other players that came through with well the Dynamo so it it really does go all the way back to just it is a make or break season for him and we'll see if it is the same with maybe even well uh sam you know mm -hmm. yeah you know what's interesting to me is it could be go both a good thing or a bad thing that we surprisingly or the dynamo has surprisingly a lot of strikers in their roster You've got, obviously, you've got Morrow, you've got uh, Christian Ramirez, you've got Ronaldo Pena, you've got um, Michael Salazar, and now you've also got uh, Greg, uh, Greg McLaughlin with, uh, with, within the organization uh, playing for the Toro. So you've got five players that can play a striker, a striker position. And you have to remember that Tom Ramos is going to want to go with a four-three-three formation, so you're not going to need you're not going to need a lot of strikers or true number nines uh, on the field and on the bench. So you've got technically you've got three extras: Michael Salazar, Ronaldo Pena, and uh, Greg Malafin with RGB. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Salazar was able to suit up with the Dynamo and Ronaldo Pena was with uh, R- RGV. I think it just it pretty much goes to show how the echelon is going to be and that the biggest competition will be between Ronaldo and uh, McLaughlin. Yeah. And it's sad because I know, I know that Dynamo fans were so eager about Ronaldo Pena because he came, he came in with a very, uh, you know, very high accolades. You know, w- winning with Venezuela and uh, the Venezuela youth, and they thought he would be like the next Morrow 
or, or, or something, but he never made, he never actually gelled out with the Torah or with the Dynamo due to injuries. Uh, and then you've also got Maru going out on a hot streak and not, you know, and then bringing in Christian Ramirez, you know, so I think this, the, the he's going to have to take being with the Toros a whole lot more seriously than he did last year, because last year when he was brought down to the Toros, I, 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 like, yep. <clears throat> like really like missed a couple of penalties. Oh, and here's the, here's the, here's the kicker. He says in an interview, um, Back when, when he came back with the Dynamo after after playing against Stoke. Remember that match that we played in Orange County and we lost and uh, Ronaldo missed a PK? So he so that so that next weekend he played with the Dynamo. I went to that game and covered it. And uh, he pretty much said that when he go when he got sent when he gets sent out to RJV, they told him, Don't take it or he says that they tell him to have fun with it. Don't take it too. Don't take it too seriously. Uh, I still have. If I'm not mistaken, I still have that video. I'll see if I can try and find it uh, on my phone. But when I heard that, I was like, "Look, are you kidding me?" It's like, are we like, are are we as RGVSC fans just like gonna have to deal with that? Uh, players. Coming in from the Dynamo to to the Toros, not with the right mentality as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way that it will most likely go, and it's weird. Now, for I mean, Ronaldo Pena, just like you said, Dynamo players were expecting a lot more, and they didn't get it. It is a huge make or break season for him, going back to all that, but course moving forward and what you were saying it's well yeah it's very frustrating i know for a fact that a couple of these guys like kyle adams you know they'll try their hardest when they play for rgbfc when they get sent down and all that fun stuff Mm -hmm. And, and i and i expect that and especially those players that will most likely be coming back from injury we know it's going to happen one player that we could see down here and Dynamo fans are going to hate me for this, but oh well, because it's going to be Elise. What the heck happened? I know we'll get into it later, but what happened to Albert Elise? I believe in the first or maybe second period of play where he just all of a sudden stopped running because he got tugged on and then had to be instantly subbed off because he was nursing some type of injury. That's one thing that, of course, RGVFC is known for getting those players back on their feet. And well, it might be a small injury. He might be ready for the 28th of February, but it's just something that, well, we'll think about. And if he gets sent down here, well, how tough will he take it? And all that crazy things. But I know that Matt Jordan, especially with Tad Ramos, Ramos will make sure to say, don't take it seriously. You want your starting position back? You want to be back on this first team? Well, you know, kick butt in RGV. Make sure that you're giving it 100% constantly. I really do feel like it's going to be kind of different since, of course, Tab Ramos. I might be too much 
of a fanboy for that head coach, but <laughs> you you're just talking about he's from the youth development. He knows exactly what to expect, especially when he's sending players like well, Ronaldo Pena down here to try and get them to polish him up. Apparently they weren't polished up enough or something like that where they just need to try hard and hopefully get up to the first team. So, you know, one of the things that is always harped upon in youth, uh, in youth coaching is, and I remember when I played in, uh, in middle school, and I, they would always say, always practice like if it was a match. Like, like, always give your 100% in practice like if it was an actual soccer match on the weekend. Yeah. So it's pretty frustrating that a professional player, just because he is not playing with the first team and is playing with the affiliate, is not going to give it their, 100, their 100% as their injury or whatever they're nursing back from allows it. Yeah. But the fact that you blatantly get yourself red carded <clears throat> for mayor uh and uh, making dumb mistakes yeah i'm calling him out i'm calling him out yeah i mean yeah, that, no, uh, i was thinking about that exact same thing who was it that gave that that got that blatant red card for it that was funny like, it was him that was funny and 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 people are gonna say oh like why are you so why are you so harsh like calling him out i mean how else is he gonna realize that people are noticing the mistakes that he's doing at RGV. He think maybe there's some players coming down from the Dynamo is like, oh, nobody cares about RGV. Nobody from uh, Houston is going to it's gonna find out if I do this stupid mistake or something like that. Well, no, papacito. No, 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 no. You got these two guys right here on the screen that if you make something that is blatantly dumb, when you know that you have the talent to be MLS level, then we're going to call you out for it. Yeah. And of course, yes, on the flip side, if you do something good, and this goes for any player out there, whether Dynamo or GB, if you guys do anything, if you guys do good stuff, we'll praise you for it. But if you do stuff that's going to hinder this team, hinder this team's performance, and the hard work that Jerson Echeverry and the players have put in during the week to... to, to perform it during on Saturday or whatever day they play and you do something stupid that that like that it puts you at the team at a blatant disadvantage especially against the rival of course people are gonna get pissed mm-hmm. but anyway rants about Fuenmayor over about that the point is you know wherever you're at you gotta try and give it your 100% as much as much as you can right even even if it means you're gonna be playing with the under seven, under 17s or whatever, you gotta give it your 100 percent because you have to prove to the coach and the first team that hey, I'm ready for MLS level. If you're doing stupid, sh- if you're doing stupid mistakes, and the second division, how is that going to give the first team coach the confidence that you're not gonna do the same thing uh, in MLS? And when he didn't do it, okay, he made spectacular saves when he came back with MLS. If you know you can play or perform well the first division, why can't you replicate that in the second division when it's needed? Yeah. True. So, very true. Yeah. Very ahead. true there. <laughs> so 
the chat's chat's pretty popping today. Uh, so Johnny says, uh, create a culture where they won't feel like they're just playing a pickup game at RGV, which is something that is something that Tab Ramos really wants to do. He's always mentioning this in in, in almost every interview. They want to make it seem like RGV is part of the Dynamo first team and not just, eh. yeah, they're they're just the affiliate. And I'm really looking forward to that. And we'll talk about this more later on once we hear uh, the words from Jerson Echeverry and Tab Ramos. And we'll, we'll discuss that uh, there. And then Jorge says, Fuen Mayor uh, was the, my first thought too. Um, LOL, Gilbert says, Stampede Group chat when we see Fuen Mayor play blowing up. Every time I saw Fuen Mayor with RGV, I, know, I knew we were going to have a hard time. <laughs> yep. And, and you know what? You know what's fun. You know what's funny though. What was it? Because he messed up. So he. Oh, I remember now. So right after he got red carded against San Antonio, two weeks after he served his suspension, he played as a starter again against Austin Bold, and he was about to do the same mistake he made against San Antonio. He was about to do the same thing against Austin Bold. Luckily for him, they called a uh, an offensive foul against the Austin Bolt player, but oh my, like, it was like, this, that was like, this cannot be happening. But yeah, that's Fuenmayor in a nutshell. That's, it seems to me like that's, I guess you could say like a lack of professionalism, maturity, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, exactly. And then it's, it can go back and forth with all that one thing that I would want to mention as well, not only with that, is also from our trialist on the field on Saturday night and all that is, and especially with this team, because we saw it a couple, we've saw we've seen this for a couple of years, is that, well, we don't necessarily see a lot of the practice. Ray has covered a lot of that throughout the years, but one thing is they could just be dominating practice but when it gets to the main stage which would be in practice or not practicing on the stadium but playing a game there they could get stage fright and we've talked about it before and why these players ended up starting a game instead of these and to be fair we're not necessarily but behind the closed doors and so it becomes this thing where well we don't know if this guy was amazing in practice we don't know we didn't know why uh, ben Willis was starting at goal instead of, you know, Nico Cordy from the past year, so, something like that, because we didn't necessarily see it behind the closed doors. And so that, that's something that also we'll just need to look out for more, especially this year. And, well, what we can find out from what will most likely be the starting 11 come uh, March 28th. Or wait, March 8th. My March 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is gonna be on, which is gonna be on a Sunday. So let's not let's not forget that. <laughs> so uh, and then uh, Gilbert says because they were they were talking they brought up uh, Junqua uh, versus like Fueni. He says at least Junqua tries. He's not great, but he's trying. And we saw that last season. We talked about yeah. it, right? How exactly. much how Sam Junqua was improving from the previous match where he started with RGVFC. He seemed a lot more connected. He seemed a lot more confident out on the pitch 
with the Toros than he was in the first couple of matches that he that he played with us. But at the end of the day, you got to put in your better players, and we saw that with Coach Echeverri at the last five matches where we were undefeated, where it was Robert Coronado, Robert Coronado, Robert Coronado, Robert Coronado, and Robert Coronado, even though Sam Junqua was loaned down to RGV. And that's what we want to see more. We want this team to, whenever possible, if you don't have to, if, I mean, if you have to rotate players because they're, you're playing weekend match, midweek match, weekend match, then okay, rotate some players, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, besides that, you got to put in your best 11 out there uh, whether, uh, from practice or from the previous match. And... I loved where Coach Echeverry actually did that those last couple of uh, matches. Call it a coincidence or whatever you call it. To me, it's too much of a... It's I don't think it's a coincidence that when you maintain some sort of consistency in your lineup, we saw the best Toros last year. Yeah. It's 100% true. And I mean, talking about Sam Juqua... He did play on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah. he has made some mistakes, but also it's the same deal. Still trying to get better as well. So that's always a plus. We'll probably see him down in RGV as well. And yeah. that will be something interesting to see. Now, going back to Robert Coronado, for these whole 30-minute periods, it was a pretty impressive performance from him as well as just that team. Of course, we only got to see him for so long, but it was good to just, well, see what Coronado could do even without his twin, basically, b- beside him. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it will always make us sad, but guess what? Chewie, Ro- Chewie is in a better place, and it is... Uh, excuse me, wait, 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 what did you say? Why am I saying that? Wait, 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 did you just say that? Not with Houston Dynamo getting, well, just misunderstood, kind of, I'll put it in the nicest way possible, misunderstood instead of, well, kind of just also just, we'll sign you to an MLS contract, but you'll have to play it with RDVFC, and then we'll probably kick you off the team after this. And not play you for uh, U.S. Open Cup. Uh, by the way, guys, if you guys are listening through the podcast, that was Jacob Young with that comment. That was uh, I, Edson Ochoa, had nothing to do with this. Just just putting it out there for all our podcast listeners. By the way, like podcast because of Houston Dynamo. I, it's not because of RDVFC. It's because of Houston. Why he would technically be in a better place? Okay, Charlie Ward. <laughs> no, he's no. They're right. They're right. Uh, but hopefully, in, 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 in hopefully the situation improves uh, with Tabranos. So speaking of podcasts, be sure if you guys miss any part of the show, uh, or if you guys want to re-listen without having to play the video, because I know you regular YouTube app does not allow you to either exit out of the app or or turn off the screen um, and listen to it unless you have YouTube Red. Um, so you can actually listen to our podcast on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course on the BGN website, which we will be, uh, now that we, we have uh, control uh, over the uh, the Rio Grande Valley page on the BGN.fm. Thank, thank you, Mike. 
uh, uh, we'll have uh, we'll be more consistent with uh, with the uh, podcast versions uh, on the RSS feed. And of course, we want to thank uh, our, our audio producer Justin Finger for the, for his help in getting us those podcast ver- podcast versions available for you for your listening listening pleasures. So. One thing I do want to go back with, because I know you mentioned it before, and but we kind of got sidetracked along the way. You talked about Albert Thalese and him, like, coming into the match as a substitution. Like, three minutes later, he pulls something and he's out of the match. So, one of the things that Tab Ramos mentioned uh, at the uh, after the game was that he gave the order to the players, to the Dynamo players, hey, if you guys feel anything... Any little thing that that's that doesn't feel right about your body, you know, if you pulled something or anything like that, just just sub we'll just sub you out. They don't want to risk losing players for something minor and ends up becoming major because you tried to play it off. You know what I mean? At this yeah. point in time, you're in preseason. You need you need the most players you can, especially if you're pretty much the franchise player of the Houston Dynamo. You've got the 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 sun the the Visit Tucson Sun Cup coming up uh, this weekend, and you can't you can't risk yourself like that. I know there was another player. I think it was uh, Zarek. No, it wasn't Zarek Valentin. Victor Cabrera. Victor Cabrera as well. Uh, he got into a mid-air collision, uh, heads collision with an RGV player. He got subbed off right away because of uh, concussion protocol. So you know it's those kind of things. You know why risk it? It's a it's a meaningless in quote air quotes preseason match you know you're not going for points you're not going for a trophy don't don't risk yourself like that i mean it was a simple little thing i mean albert Felice was going to burn robert coronado and robert kind of pulled a little bit on his left shoulder and i i don't know if that caused him to like pull something but right off the bat like the um you had the 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 trainers come in check him and he's like you know what all right uh they subbed him out uh so yeah that's pretty much it on the on the albert Thalese thing it, it was a precautionary thing what does surprise me though is that we haven't heard anything else uh since that day about whether it was something minor if he'll be good for the for this this weekend or what happened to him in, in, in that play if he got any kind of injury at all i don't think they've ever announced anything so um We'll see if somebody uh, digs, digs that up. Uh, so Jorge says, the problem will be whenever we have a rehab player go down and needs playing time. And Johnny, Johnny, look what he said. He says, Chewy disappeared in the last few games, though. To be fair, the last two games, he wasn't even like he wasn't even put on. Uh, he wasn't even called to the starting 18. Because of uh, injury well i mean if it's because of injury it's because of injury so obviously they're going to do that and we had players that stepped up rgfc had players that stepped up yes. obviously or else they wouldn't have gone on this five game win streak so I mean, you you answered it yourself. It's not really a burn as much as we had players to help. And Chewy and Enriquez to go over to, once again, to go over to San Antonio FC had nothing to do with those last five games. Yeah. He had no idea where he was going, to be honest. 
Exactly. And I, and I, and I, I did not know. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, um, all right. So we talked. We talked about. Okay. So some of the good things that we saw from RGVFC in this match. Number one, obviously, the fact that they limited the dyn- the dynamo to one goal per uh, per period in the first two periods. I think they I think they looked solid in the back. They didn't have a lot of opportunities, uh, attacking opportunities because the dynamo was playing true to their style. True, and just like Kyle Adams mentioned in that interview that he had with us a couple of uh, after the dynamo fan fest. He said, Tab Ramos will play a 4-3-3 formation looking for a high-pressure tactic when defending. So pretty much strikers are going to be your first defenders kind of thing. And we saw that this week or this past weekend. The difference was is that some of our RGB players couldn't handle that pressure, so they lost the ball really quickly, right? But when they lost it, more often than not, they were able to limit Albert Lee. Well, not even Albert Lee's going to work. Uh, they were able to limit Mauro Manotas. They were able to limit um, who played on the wings uh, before him. Uh, Nico Hansen and who else? There was some other. There was some, I don't remember exactly who who the player was that was playing out in the wing as well. But they were able to limit them to not having a lot of dangerous opportunities, right? So that's a good thing. In the second period, in the middle of the second period, you had RGVSC bringing in more of bench warmers uh, or second stringers and uh, third stringers uh, into the match. Uh, somebody mentioned about Tyberson. Tyberson looks uh, looked a little shaky. Uh, he didn't do much because he get, he received very little ball uh, little balls or, or passes. You know that would help him out. And when he did, he there was a lot of pressure to try to take the ball away from him, uh, from uh, um, either Struna or Fuen, or not Fuenmayor or Figueroa or Adam Lundqvist. So he, the wingers had a hard time. I mean, you you gotta you gotta look how look look at Kiki Struna. He's built. Manuel Figueroa, same thing. So it's gonna be difficult going past those guys. You know, but they were able to limit them, um, and that's pretty much it. Second half, like I said, started uh, some second streakers came in. It was not until like the third and fourth period, or well, the third period, they were limit. They limited them. The they limited the Dynamo second stringers to zero goals. The Dynamo had Tommy Mac, Tommy McNamara. They had Cello. They had uh, Fuen Mayor. They had uh, Salazar and other players that are, you can say, oh, uh, Darwin Saran as well, and uh, Bonia Garcia. And they were able to be limited to zero goals. Mm-hmm. So, But when RGV placed in their young academy players in the match, especially mm-hmm. in the back line, that's where we started seeing a lot more mistakes, and that's where the Dynamo scored the final three goals. Two by Salazar, one by Tommy Mack on a penalty that was about to be saved. Just putting it out there, just to add fuel to the fire to the uh, uh, Tommy Mack doubters. Yeah, um, 
I think I'm gonna mute my mic and I'll be right back. Actually, if y'all okay. can't hear, my dogs are howling. So. Okay, yeah, sure, sure, go ahead. Uh, so Jorge says, "Is are any of the Cabreras still on the team?" No, none of the Cabreras uh, are are on the team anymore. David Cabrera is uh, not on the team. He's not a trialist. Uh, he was not part of the of the list uh, that was given to us uh, on Saturday. And Wilmer's still with Butler. And Wilmer still Wilmer is still going to be kicking it with Butler. David Cabrera, I'm not sure where he is. So no, there are no Cabreras with the Toros uh, for this upcoming season. Um, other one and it says Little Balls Tyverson MLS not not ready for long hair T Mac. <sighs> Wow. Uh, well, ho hopefully he, uh, T-Mac is, is better this season than last year. Anyway, so now that we kind of said the good things that we saw from this match. Now, granted, remember, this is the pretty much this is a preseason match against an MLS team, you know. So I think you could say that the level the level of play might be a little bit skewed, but they were able to fare on. But here the bat here's. Nitpicky things I saw. Passing. Passing because of Dynamo's pressure was very inaccurate at times. Even when we had our first, second stringers in the first period. Because they couldn't, they, they couldn't, it felt like the Dynamo pressure was making our players to kind of rush things. So they were trying to look for passes, you know, just to try to get rid of the ball before some, before a Damo player came and took took it away from them, uh, and it they ended up just being inter intercepted. Uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, shots uh, on goal either. I think at the end of the four periods, it was like three shots on goal by RGV and like twenty two by the Dynamo. So opportunities on goal were very scarce, and the ones that were, uh, they were very. Because they weren't, they weren't very accurate or very powerful, uh, to be honest. Um, and then, I guess that, that's just pretty much that's just pretty much it um, from what we saw. Like we like we said, this match was mostly all Dynamo, and the Toros were out there trying trying to to defend and try you know try to build something. Obviously, they weren't they were trying like you could tell that the Toros. We're not going to settle and stay back like other teams would if they're going against MLS. Obviously, because you want to give some opportunity to your strikers to do something as well. But what I did see is because of that, because of the fact that the Dynamo kind of forced them to stay back, Greg McLaughlin, in the first couple of periods that he that he played, was very, very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um he was very separated from his midfielder, from his midfielders. Uh, he was isolated. Like, he was isolated. So that didn't help uh, at all uh, for the Taurus to get some some opportunities uh, on goal. Uh, uh, and then you've also caught Timo Melich. You know, didn't really have a lot of opportunities to show uh, his uh, his shot power from outside the box. And a lot of people have been, you know, pretty much been asking or have been eager to see him in motion or in action uh, with his long uh, outside the box long shots, uh, but the Dynamo didn't get uh, uh, give him any uh, easy opportunities for him to do so. Um, what else? I know I'm forgetting something. So Jacob, if you think of something else, just say it. 
I mean, one thing to talk about kind of is set pieces. I think the Dynamo, or not not only the Dynamo, but the RDVFC, I know they had a couple of opportunities in on goal for uh, set pieces. It's kind of how it happened off the corners. And, well, their corner kicks, of course, they've that's one thing that they kind of struggled with last season. And I think bringing that up, because a couple of them were for there, they looked... They looked okay. It's very difficult, of course, against an MLS team with yeah. some height difference to try and well get something on, in on goal, basically. But it's just something to kind of think of that. Well, I don't believe on defense a goal was scored off of the set piece for RGVFC, which is a plus, but a goal was not scored for them off the set piece. So it's it went a little both ways. Which, by the way, is something that Coach Echeverri said on the record that he really wants to improve. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was last show and last week's episode in one of the training uh, interviews that they made with Coach Echeverri. He mentioned that one of his biggest uh, fo- his biggest focus for def- on the defense uh, this season is going to be defending set pieces. He wants to improve that, especially away. Um, also, you've got. What else? Okay, so here's a question. So Jorge says, this might have been spoken about in other shows, but is RGV Toros running the same formation and training to keep both organizations in sync? To me, it seems that way. Because like I mentioned, uh, it seemed like the Toros were trying out a 4-3-3 formation against the Dynamo as well. With Purpa, uh, the the Trialist, and uh, and Malich in the mid, in the midfield. Um, so, and then last year, last season, the Dynamo would use a 4-2-3-1 formation. So did the Toros. When the Dynamo switched to a two-striker formation, when they brought in Christian Ramirez, the same thing happened with, uh, with the Toros between Michael Salazar and, uh, uh, Carlos Small. So the intention is, uh, of this organization is that they're going to try to keep formations and tactics and trainings in sync with each other so that way that by, if a Dynamo player gets, re, or I was going to say relegated, um, hashtag for, pro rel for America. Um, if a Dynamo player gets sent down to RGV or a RGV player gets uh, given a Dynamo contract or trains with the first team, there isn't a lot of difference and they're able to go in and sync properly with with the with the new organization that they're playing with. Uh, so that's so that's the idea behind that. So I do I do see that uh, happening right now uh, with the Toros. Uh, also, so we so we talked about the uh, We talked about the match before we move on, because I know it's already going to be eight uh, before we move on to the next topic. Jacob, and anything else that you want to talk about the match? Um, not really. I mean, it was as expected as can be. Just Houston, of course, were trying out their own thing. And that the good thing also is that, well, RGVFC, at least they're trying with the uh, same formation, which will be, which will always be a plus, especially for players coming down this season and players heading up if that happens for RGVFC and they get some playing time, especially in maybe an open cup or anything like that but of course it was well all in all it was a first showing in general we'll see what happens when they actually play against the usl team 
in this preseason, which should be coming up not too soon from now. Yes, this Saturday they're playing at Austin Bold. Uh, with who, by the way, Austin Bold has been... I mean, they lost against... Uh, I think they lost against uh, El Paso. But they've still... This is this is still a really good, a really good team to look out for. Then uh, on February 22nd, they're playing at Southern Methodist University. So I think they're playing in the Dallas area. I think that's where SMU is, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's... Exactly. Okay. And then February 28th, which is going to be a Friday, uh, they're playing uh, at San Antonio FC. So those are the next uh, couple of uh, preseason matches coming up. I do want to see, like you mentioned, how do they fare against, uh, first of all, they're playing today against UTRGV, uh, how they fare against Austin and San Antonio. I think that's going to be a bigger indicator on where this team is at in, uh, uh, in comparison with other USL teams. So, looking forward to those matches as well. So, next topic. One of the things that we noticed about uh, about that Saturday, before and uh, and during the match, was the union between or it was the union between the the Stampede and El Batallon, who made the trip down to the Rio Grande Valley. Mm-hmm. We talked so many weeks about an apparent discord, and I'm not talking about the app. But we were talking many weeks about an apparent discord that could be seen in social media between Dynamo fans and RGVFC fans. But it's good, and it's something that I applaud. Like, if you guys follow follow well, you know the podcast that I'm in, uh, whether uh, back with Jen Orange or with the Peel, I've criticized El Batallon many many times. Some of them warranted. Some of them turns out to be not what the social media mentioned about, and I'm talking about that uh, LAFC uh, incident. Uh, but just as I've criticized El Batallon or Texan Army, today I'm going to praise Cisco for coming up with this idea and El Batallon for going with it. And that is going up, at the third and fourth quarter, going up to the Stampede area and both supporters groups joining forces to support both the Dynamo and the Toros in this match. And Johnny is not going to let me lie, but I feel like both supporters groups learned a lot from each other from last Saturday. Yeah, and I'm hoping that is true as well because it's, annoying and tiring to see all this crap on Twitter about how much well RGVFC players and RGVFC sucks and Houston Dynamo sucks for doing this and that all that bull and just it gets annoying and because at the end of the day we're still a freaking team as one and it, it's going to stay that way for at least this whole entire year and it was for last year and it just goes that same way. I mean, both you and I have been called on Twitter, Dynamo, whatever, Dynamo fans or whatever we got called on Twitter. It's just, it gets annoying. It's dumb to talk about. It's frustrating. And then finally, you see this at least for a bit of union and think, well, that's good. Hopefully it stays like that. And hopefully the fans will understand it 
Well, of course, with that union, the fans, I believe, though at least that group understands, oh, well, yeah, we, we understand what's going on. Matt Jordan might suck a bit, but at that same time, we're just trying to have both teams do really well and hopefully have some success coming up. Yeah, I definitely agree. And Johnny just put uh, on the chat, he says, yeah, most of our guys didn't know how hard a supporters groups has to be. So thank you for setting the example. And I, I really, like I said, I really, really appreciate that gesture by El Batallon, which I applaud, you know. So hopefully this is the sign of better things to come uh, regarding the relationship between both teams. And... <laughs> Hopefully, it, it turns out for just like in hopefully the tactical or the technical aspect and relationship improves between both clubs. I sure hope that the same thing happens between both fan bases and be, we become a very tighter knit family between both between both and not necessarily have to deal with independence. Yeah, I mean, I personally would would like independence but if there's going to be some huge improvements being with the dynamo uh now that tab ramos is here i might as well just stick i might as well just uh, just stick around you know exactly and, 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 and uh, deal with it but at least the dynamo sh uh wants some as well as dynamo and rgv want to see some improvement in in the relationship i think it's time and i said it before i think it's time for both clubs to to push together towards the same common goal rather than pulling each, uh, at each other towards the different or towards the different and opposite ends of the spectrum. And we're not going to go anywhere like that. And that's one of the things that um, Tab Ramos and Anderson Echeverry talked about in their post-game conferences, which if you guys want to listen to or listen to the post-game co uh, uh, conference videos, be sure to ch uh, check out uh, race uh, YouTube channel south texas border sports and uh check check out the interviews that he had with uh coach Chiveri, with tab ramos and with uh isidro martinez uh sadly we don't have enough time to play all all of them so you can check check that out there you guys have any opinions on it be sure to post it on uh the on social media and we're more than we'll be more than happy to interact with with y'all uh, uh on social media uh so anyways <laughs> So Johnny says Matt, jo Matt Jordan sucks more than a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's a given. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to defend him really, but I'll just say this one thing: every single person in that front office is trying to save their own butt. So as much as you can tell that, well, Matt Jordan's not really going to want to talk that much, or not really going to let anything loose into the media he's just going to give that same answer every single time and i 100 percent understand that because at the end of the day and this sucks sports is still a freaking business so as much as he can save his butt and keep working with the same team he'll do exactly that that same goes for tab robbins the same went for wilmer cabrera last year as our head coach so yeah it's just going to be that way sometimes with a couple of them and Hopefully, of course, we'll get we'll, – we'll see a little bit of a change, hopefully, this mm -hmm. next year. And what I mean by that is just 
maybe if someone gets injured, they'll actually say because you're supposed to. It's kind of a rule in USL at least. And also, I believe in, well, MLS, you have to give a list of who is going to be, well, on the injury reserve list or whatever like that. Correct. So hopefully they actually can abide by that rule this year. Hopefully. I mean, we just had the example by San Antonio FC where they announced that Christian Pirano was going to be out for a couple of weeks due to a knee injury. You had Aldo, Aldo Quintanilla like out for the whole season and they never said why or why. We ended up finding out because of his Instagram anyway. Uh, but there was never an official uh, <laughs> an official announcement or, pre- or, or or press release saying that Aldo was out because of the or because of this surgery or anything like that. So I do hope for some more transparency by the organization. But from what I've been hearing, the culprit of that lack of transparency has one name: Wilmer Cabrera. Da, da, da. It could be changed this year. So, yes. Uh, so, Cisco says, oh, Jorge says, props to Tab for making a real impact on the organization. Cisco says, I hope the boys can make a game here in Houston to experience a match and maybe take a bit of it back. Uh, he's always very happy to teach. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, Johnny, if you can organize something like that, I think it'd be great to have you guys uh, here in Houston for, for a match. Not necessarily the home the home opener, but at least one match, one home match here in Houston. That you guys can make the trip over here, and the Don or the Toros don't play at HEB Park. It'd be great to have you guys uh, here, uh, kind of get uh, used to the environment of a supporters group uh, section uh, with the uh, Hustle Town supporters here. With uh, so uh, hopefully that can, hopefully that can happen. All right, moving on to the next topic, Monday. There was an announcement that was kind of lost. I guess you could say it was kind of lost within a press release. Um, And that was the announcement that Isidro Martinez, Andrew Samuels, Ben Willis, and... I'm missing somebody. Yeah, it's Ben Willis, Isidro... Uh, Andrew Samuels and Is that Lemoyne? Nico Lemoyne. Thank you, thank you. Nicola Lemoyne. Those four players were invited by the Houston Dynamo to be a part of the roster for the um I was about to say Mobile Mini. Um we're not paid by Mobile Mini, guys. Um sorry to uh, sorry to that you have to hear that. Um no, by the Visit Tucson Sun Cup. Uh that's gonna happen this weekend. Jacob, what do you think of this? Well, I mean, I think it's great for their experience, for sure. They'll get a lot of just, well, a view into this. I believe, I know they've changed this cup a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, it's still group stage and knockout, or is it just knockout now? I think it's, uh, I think it is group stage, uh, group stage and knockout. Hold on. Okay, so we'll probably see them a couple of times maybe in the group stage at least. And for sure, just getting to watch, getting to practice with the team will be huge. But, of course, you're taking away Ben Willis from RGVFC. So that 
will be just a little bit tough for them. You're taking away Nico Lemoyne because they still need to practice for some preseason uh, matchups as well. But like I said, it will be a good experience for these Toro players to really just see what Cab Ramos has to offer, especially with this team going to Tucson, maybe getting to play and just seeing how well an MLS game will kind of be, especially since it will be all MLS players. And don't get me wrong, those they deserve to be there 100%. But at the same time, sometimes I'd rather see them with RGVFC, but it doesn't look like at the moment they are necessarily practicing too much RGVFC on so I did want to point that uh, I did want to bring that up because I did mention about it uh, on the and I'm sorry for spamming you all throughout the day today about tonight's show, uh, but apparently it kind of worked. Um, so one of the things that I did bring up in one of those posts was how beneficial this can be for RGVFC. Mm-hmm. And you meant you mentioned obviously you mentioned the bad things about this, right? What do you think yeah. are the good things that the Taurus can benefit from these call-ups? Well, I think kind of like I said, it's it's great experience. They whether or not they play or not, they're still seeing they're still hearing the coaching. They're still practicing with this first team, seeing how they can improve facing off against well, once again Albert Elise or Amara Manoltas again. Mm-hmm. And that's very important important of course and then Ben Willis trying to save well a very powerful shot in that goal or something like that and so it just it helps talking of course for Ben Willis especially because we know that Houston Dynamo are really good at producing goalkeepers Mm -hmm. talking to this goalkeeping coach trying to pick up some pointers even from well even from the new keepers that had you Merits know, and, down here, yes. which is huge and I can't think of their names because they've changed sadly yes Marco not with us or anyone like Tyler Derrick yeah so, Mar- Marco Marco Marich and uh Cody Cooper Marco Marich and Cody Cooper exactly Cody or Corey I don't remember well either way both of them like Marich or Cooper is still a big thing you get to talk to them you get to get some pointers and it goes for it goes for Lemoyne. It, it just goes once again for each of them, and that's very important. It will help you with, well, the knowledge, and that, that's a big thing. You have, you can have soccer skills on the field, but if you don't have that soccer knowledge, Cody Cropper, like sorry, kind of just that soccer smarts, then it's mm-hmm. going to be very difficult to produce that even on the field too. And so to try and just figure out, well. 433 okay but what am i supposed to do in 433 can i not switch or do any of this not really just think ahead and almost be a leader so it will help them just get further and further in depth into just well benefiting them with soccer smarts and things yeah. like that yeah that's one of the things that i was thinking of you know the fact that that they're going to continuously be not only with uh their own teammates of the dynamo first team you know getting some uh, getting to go against these higher caliber players but also with your opponents you know if they play some minutes at the at the uh, at the at the Sun Cup and you're going up against other other teams the other MLS teams 
uh, in this in this tournament, then they might get a better. Pre- they might be better prepared come March eighth, come the beginning of the USL season, than if they stayed with the with uh, the Toros playing against SMU and San Antonio and Austin Bold. Personal opinion, uh, honestly. But uh, but it's like they say, like what what what's the saying about uh, knife sharp, the sh- knives being sharpened by the uh, something like that, mm-hmm. iron iron sharpens iron or something like something like that, and I think it's a good opportunity for them to grow um, in pre- in preparation. Now you got to remember, you have to remember as well that I mean we've had a, what like three keepers besides Ben Willis. Not officially announced. They were all trialists. But the fact that one of the trialists, and I'm just going to say it right here. I, can't, I won't say who he is, the name yet, because nothing is official. But I know one of the, the trialist goalkeepers that, that we do have, uh, the, uh, that we had on Saturday, is an experienced uh, goalkeeper. So I think we'll be fine. For the next for the next couple of games, if Ben Willis uh, continues to be with the Houston Dynamo for the Dynamos or for the Sun Cup, so I think in that aspect we should be fine. And I think we gain we gain a lot more from this than what we lose. Yeah, it's and that's true for sure. We do gain a lot more than we do lose because both those players. It's not like they're not training. That's a big thing. They're still doing something. They're going to be out in Tucson and. Gorgeous weather, by the way, because if I'm not mistaken, around Tucson, Arizona today, it was about in the 60s, which is beautiful weather in the desert for sure. Yeah. So that's right off the bat. That's great. And second off, just like we said, well, they might be training some or I mean, they will be training some. They might be playing some and we'll be getting insight from Tab Ramos, which guess what if i if i had to guess because the one thing actually going also back to that rgvfc and houston dynamo game if you do recall tab ramos also met jerson at the like at midfield to kind of talk about what was going on with rgvfc and what he saw and what could kind of be improved so mm-hmm. he also and we keep going back to the youth set the youth thing so he knows how to do that and it's going to be great to just really once again pick up those pointers from Ramos because he knows what he's talking about and that's huge and that would be great being brought back and then these young players that will get an opportunity for RGVFC going into Austin Bowl that by far is well you think about it it's a tough place to play still. Even if it's a friendly, it's still a pretty difficult place to play, and it's still going to be against your rivals, so the intensity is going to be a bit up. You want to succeed, show show off basically your skills against the USL team, and that's going to help our subs out tremendously, and maybe we'll see some of them on the first team starting. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. And the other winger I was trying to remember was Deshane Beckford. Uh, back when we were talking about Tyberson. It's Deshane Beckford uh, as well. Or as he uh, now goes by, Dr. Beckford. I believe that's his Instagram handle. No joke. Yeah, but... I, 
<laughs> that's I think I think I think I think we should we should uh baptize him by that nickname, the doctor. Exactly. But he's gotta earn it though. Just like just like Robert earned himself the, the nickname of Turbo, at least in my eyes, then I, I the Shane Beckford's gonna have to earn the, the, the doctor nickname from us. <laughs> even though yeah. I know I even though I'm pretty sure that's not why he has DR uh, Beckford uh, uh, as his Instagram account, but I think that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I think it's for <laughs> the Shane and then his middle name Beckford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but it, it'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, any any anything else that you want that you want to touch upon, uh, Jacob? Um, well, I mean, real quick, we kind of brushed over this, but that last Thursday before the match. For RJVFC, they had the big right. old media day. Basically, yeah, it was media days for RJVFC and Houston Dynamo, where it was a big press conference at, um, trying to, wow, I'm blinking on the name, but our owner's ranch, basically. And that was an amazing event. And it was really great to talk to some of the players and to meet Tab Ramos for the first time. and see Mauro Manotas down and if I'm not mistaken he was there but what I meant to say was well I'm blanking on the names but either way a great event seeing the new jerseys as well for RGVFC just something that well we had kind of last mm-hmm. year but it got bigger and Houston Dynamo players as well as coaches were there and getting to interview them, getting to interview as well. The new president of operations for RGVFC was big. I believe he's also the president for the. No, he's actually, he's actually not. He's actually not. That is just for. Yes. That is news to me. I am sorry, but because of course you, especially having this all the way through, with Bert Garcia, the man back Let's then, not get started on that. <laughs> for both. Yes. Basically for both. So you think about it, everyone on the team was for both. Like they worked for the Vipers and worked for RGVFC. So that made things very difficult. And we can get back to marketing as well. And that made it very difficult for marketing to be able to market two teams especially when one team was already very successful due to the fact of how many years they had been in business. So they tried to focus on that team more than they did Correct. for RGVFC. And also considering that Burt Garcia thought the stadium's going to draw fans. So, how dumb is that answer? Yeah. So basically Ron Patel, he's in charge of the Toros, but he's also in charge of HEB Park and uh, uh, Burt Ogden Arena. But he's not the president of uh, the Vipers as well. So he is, yeah, he's okay. specifically the president of the uh, the Toros. So that's a really good thing. We something we wanted, and we got it. So mm-hmm. Alonso Cantu, if you by any chance happen to stumble upon this podcast, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Yeah, seriously helps. I us. agree. It's something that we've been asking for. And if you notice, I think the Toros are starting to be a lot more. Uh, they're listening a lot more to to the fans 
uh, recently and making changes to try to get more people on board. And hopefully with the addition of Ron Patel with the organization, we can really make this the Valley's team, which is something that he's striving for. He wants his team to have the identity of the Valley. So Mm -hmm. talk about Ron Patel. Come on. You know you want to say it. What are your thoughts on the New Jerseys? The New Jerseys? Well, they're Adidas, which is already great. Yes, I like Nike too, but Adidas jerseys, there's something about it that's always great. I love the home jerseys with a little design on the back of it and even on the front. They look spectacular. And the away jerseys, why even change that? It was already great last year too. So just, it was fantastic. And then the goalkeeping jerseys, talk about, well, yeah, they, they were, well, they were amazing too. Purple color with, of course, nature valley across mm-hmm. it. Always. You know what the best, just, it, it was great. You know what the best part is? That the, the what is, is that? that the sponsor patches? They are not a patch anymore. They are actually vinyl. Yeah, and that's huge. You just need the logo to be a patch. And the rest of it, that's it. So, that I honestly... I'll, okay, so here are my, here's my take on the kits. Obviously, I love the Away kit a whole lot more. Even though the template is one that I never really liked, like Condivo. But I... I actually like the way this lo- the, uh, it looks uh, as a Taurus kit. I'm still kind of uh, on the Nature Valley logo. It's still not designer friendly to me. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're the ones paying the money, so I guess I better just shut up <laughs> kind of thing. Um, exactly. uh, the home kit, it's something different. Uh, last year's kit was very conservative. This year's kit with, the, with, the, with that um, sleeve design... I think I think it looks really I think it looks really really good. I if I had the money yeah. I'd buy both to be honest. But um, but yeah, my favorite is the the black one. But the goalkeeper kit though, that's on another level. I I, I love it. Goalkeeper. I love it. it. It's something different. Exactly. It's something it different. <laughs> exactly, and I mean, well, it, it's it's great. There's nothing really else to say. It's different. We didn't expect this at all, and we're loving it. We're loving all three jerseys, which is the best thing. And, I mean, I'd say technically I'm loving all four jerseys because, well, Houston Dynamo's got a great one as well with the three Adidas. I don't agree with you, but that's (laughs) – Shoulder. It's perfect. But that's also for another – or another time i just wanted to see if i could get a reaction (laughs) out of you and i did wow what am i so so, some sort of science experiment now or social experiment (laughs) wow i see how it is now now i'm just kidding uh so um johnny says and i know he's talked about this before with me but this is the first time i think that he's brought it up publicly he says uh they're bringing in guys from MLS, and by guys, I'm he means front office staff. He says they're bringing in guys from MLS. Uh, Juan came from FC Frisco, so we have a front office member that came in from FC Dallas. Uh, 
So the fact that that they're bringing in ex- soccer experienced people into the front office speaks volumes on the on the change and to change the direction that they want to make for this team. And I'm all in for it. 100% all in for it as well. And something that I also want to bring up besides that is I know that there's Matt Jordan, but then there's someone right below Matt Jordan that also apparently stays in RGV, but it's Kaba. part of Houston Dynamo. Nick well. Exactly him. And that is a great thing to say so least. Apparently they are on communication. Yeah. Alive. He's our GM. That can always be a plus. And it, the more like that is what I'm trying to get at, the better it will be. Jerson is maturing into a great head coach as well. So it's just getting better and better and better. The only thing is now, players got to step up. They just need to perform. They might not perform in the first month of March, but from then on, April, May, June, July, August. We expect them to be absolutely successful. Why I'm giving them one month buffer is just so that you, of course, know there's going to be some struggles with communication at the start. But once they really, really, really get to know each other on the field and what their likeness of passing or what they, yeah, where they like to get the ball passed to them and where they like to stand on defense to try and get it back and where they can be helped and all that is going to probably take around that time. So well, that's exactly why I'd probably give them a buffer. It's just feeling like it's just going to get better and better and better. Yeah. Um, and like Johnny said, no more basketball personnel running the Toros. Yes. Thankfully. thankfully. <laughs> so guys, I think this is, this is tonight. This is the end of tonight's show. Really appreciate all seven seven of you watching right now for tuning in. Really appreciate your support. Guys, just give me one one last favor. Uh, When this show ends, be sure to, if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe to the channel. Share it. Share this uh, video on your social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, anything. Uh, Carrier pigeon. It doesn't matter. You know, or if you guys want to fan the flames, as long as you share us, we really great, good, do appreciate that. We're trying to grow our outreach in the Rio Grande Valley as best uh, as we can. We want to be, we want to make this fan base a very uh, active fan base. And by what, by what, what I mean by that is, I want this fan base to be vocal about the Toros, not just for the ninety minutes at home. But every day of the week, wear your Toros uh, jersey uh, at school, at uh, uh, at school when you're shopping, when you go out to eat, uh, where, wherever. Talk about the Toros on social media. If you see somebody, you know, mention the Toros, whether it's the Monitor, Channel 4, Telemundo, Down in the Valley, whatever. Share the heck out of it. Get more people involved. Make the traditional media you know, see that there is a market to cover the Toros in the Rio Grande Valley. And if you're in Houston, of course, you can do the same. You can maybe the Dynamo will understand, hey, you guys need to to make sure that the Dynamo fans know at least uh, know, know about the Toros, about what's going on down here in the valley. Because at the end of the day, 
we are technically part of the same organization and they and that their dynamo front office needs to act like it is and it's time it's time it's time to stop just dealing with words i want some action in regards to the toros as well and yes i've said that i've said that to john walker in person so um anyways so be sure to do, be sure to do that be sure to be on the lookout when it does go, go in the podcast version um it, it once again it's spotify um soundcloud stitcher google Podcasts and apple Podcasts, and of course on the bgn uh website which we will be starting to uh, update uh now that we've got more control over the the uh rio the rio grande valley toros uh page on bgn.fm um also we want to thank our, our sponsor natural beauty spa for their support a, a of down in the valley um we really really appreciate it and uh if you guys want if you guys are interested uh in i don't know if you guys want to get a facial or your partner wants to get a facial you know I really, I really, really recommend it. So does Caste, Robert, uh, Robert Castellano, Robert Coronado, and uh, of course, Chu Enriquez. They, they recommend, they recommend it uh, as well. Um, so if you guys are interested in that and you guys want more information about the, the prices or what uh, Natural Beauty Spa has to offer, be sure, be sure to uh, contact us and we'll make that happen for you right away. Natural Beauty Spa, give your skin what it deserves. And uh, obviously, thank uh, thank you, Mike Sparks and uh, the Beautiful Game Network, uh, and of course uh, Ray of South Texas Border Sports for the the footage. Sadly, we couldn't get to it today, but be sure to check it out on his uh, YouTube channel at South Texas Border Sports uh, and and listen to the to those interviews. Jacob, I know you've been very you've been very busy in your in your personal projects. You've had a really good interview the last uh, I think in the last couple of days. So be sure to tell us all about that. Yeah, that was it was a great interview. Interviewed uh, the racer Zoe Edenholm, and very it was just a very fun back and forth interview. Getting to chat with her about her season last year in twenty nineteen and tried to get some info for 2020 was able to sneak just a little mm-hmm. bit but she'll re- release it very soon what she'll be doing in the future for this upcoming racing season and it was i mean really you'll just have to listen to it in order for for it all to make sense but it's still really great interview talked about her early career and how she got into racing and all of that fun stuff which is normally how I like to start my interviews, but still very fun. I'm looking forward to cheering her on in this upcoming season, as well as all the other drivers that I've interviewed and just keeping that grind on to try and get to June 5th or 27 days from now, I'll be able to apply for a media credential for a Circuit of the Americas race on June, around the June 5th to June, I believe 8th, uh, weekend, so that will be pretty fun. Still very excited to see what the future holds for all of that fun stuff. And well, yeah. Also, real quick, saw a really interesting game last night. Uh, it was the Mackay versus Memorial Soccer Memorial uh, rivalry, both men's and ladies. Yes, McCallum Memorial. How about the Mustangs? And that was a that was a crazy both crazy games. Mackay ladies dominated the whole 
game with possession and all of that. Technically should have won a regulation. They hit the post like three or four times. McCallum Memorial did the same exact thing a couple of times in that game too. So it could have gone either way. Held them to penalties and well, Lexi Gonzalez, the big signing or just about to sign to Arkansas, Kills. the University mm-hmm. of Arkansas for uh, as a goalie, ended up saving and also getting to score a penalty in that shootout to put put her team basically through and get a victory onto well a district title most likely. So very fun and in the men's game, a lucky lucky goal from a Cal Memorial ended up winning one nil. And a kind of boring game because both teams, not going to lie, not amazing. So that hey, was what anytime we beat Mac High, it's I'll take I take. And sorry, yeah. Dad, I know you're a I know you're a Mac High alumni, but uh, alumnus, but go mighty Mustangs. Yeah. Um, so where can they find uh, that that uh, interview uh, that that you mentioned? Uh, tip of Texas Sports Network YouTube page. It's also in my Instagram bio, JakeYoung99. And you could probably also find it on my Facebook profile. Uh, just search up JakeYoung. So uh, going back into the chat before we go, it says uh, Cisco says, real quick, finally got to meet Jacob, so that was cool. So did Jorge as well. He says, same here. And he says, also, y'all need to stop encouraging Edson to dance. No more solo, solo, solo. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. Um, and then Jorge says, oh, my, that was without drinks. Yeah. Imagine if I had a couple of tequilas on me. So, yeah. Although, to be fair, I will say this. I'm more about the singing thing, not really the dancing thing. And um, my singing is really not that great. So you can already imagine. Um, so, oh, real quick, real quick before we go. Uh, we got a couple, we got four minutes. So uh, Johnny says, yo, heard USL is looking into a women's league. Yes, there was uh, a couple of months ago, there was there was a an article by, I believe it was The Athletic, that did mention that the USL... Uh, thing it really wants to create a women's team. Uh, I'm not sure if they want to combat NWSL, but the USL is looking in, into creating its own women's league uh, uh, with USL teams. Because I know they've got they've got USL League One, USL Championship, USL League Two, and then you've got USL Academy tournaments as well. So they really are looking into bringing into that hierarchy uh, women's women's leagues. And I know that was also mentioned. Recently, with their with their latest uh, hire of uh, uh, USL front uh, headquarters, so I will post that link where that article when I find it. I'll post it on on our social media. As always, you can follow us on on Facebook down in the RGV, Twitter at down in the RGV, or uh, in Spanish at DITV Podcast underscore ES, and Instagram at uh, down in the RGV. <laughs> oh, Cisco, come on. It's in his blushing. Um, so, yeah, uh, really appreciate all of y'all for, for tuning in. Um, next week, we should have an episode talking about what happened uh, or what we hear happened in the in these next couple of uh, friendlies. So be sure to be sure to t- tune in for that. And will happen next Wednesday at, at 7 p.m. So be sure to stay tuned uh, uh, about that. Uh, as well. Uh, Jacob, any last words before we go? 
Uh, well, just support both teams, no matter if you're RGFC and Houston Dynamo, because it will only benefit both. And especially, well, both teams will need that going into this season. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for next week's episode as well. And we'll get to see or hear what happens it versus Austin Bold and also versus San Antonio FC when we end up playing them and SMU and all that fun stuff because these games will be very vital to the future of at least this season. <laughs> uh, the chat, the chat is really going at it right now. Um, but that's going to be it for today. Thank you so much for your support. And my name is Edson, and this is my co-host. Oh, oh, Jacob. <laughs> and Jacob, yeah. both of us uh, also um, on behalf of uh, Cesar Cortez and Ray Silva, we are uh, down in the valley. Oh, right before we go, big uh, thank the local media, the Monitor Channel 4, for really upping up their game in their uh, Toros coverage as well. Really appreciate the baby steps being taken. Hope it's the first of many to come. Really, really appreciate it. And who, by the way, KR, um, uh, Channel 4 actually retweeted our, our Isidro Martinez tweet. So that's excellent news. So we'll see you all next, next week. Be sure to check out our podcast and, of course, our website, ditvpodcast.com. Thank you. Have a good night, and we'll see each other next week.